But there's two things that we have to grab a hold of. We have to know this by faith and live this through faith. Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. But those that come to Him, those that draw to Him, must believe first that He is. Ladies and gentlemen, grab a hold of this underlying current in this entire mess. God is always there. God is always there. Say that with me. God is always there. Even when I don't feel like it, God is always there. Even when things aren't going right, God is always, come on, you're going to get it. Even when it doesn't go in my favor, God is always there. Even when I don't like it, God is always there. He's always there. He hasn't gone, nor will he go. But by faith and through faith, we have to understand first by faith that he is. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Amen. Come on, give him praise this morning, church. How many appreciate our worship team? You know, we've got a, a lot of things coming up at church. I'm going to have uh, Dan come up and, and share a little bit about what's happening just this weekend. Guys, for you, but gals, it's for you also. Amen. All right, guys, stand up. Come on, guys. All you guys. All y'all, you guys. All right, listen. I want to talk to you. Eye contact with you right now. We got an awesome event coming up. Yes. We have the Northern Arizona Maximized Manhood Summit. Yes, hallelujah. This is, this is the Northern Arizona Men's Meeting. Right now, currently, last count I had, we had 35 guys registered online. I want to share this with you. Last year at the same time, we had 42 we still had 200 guys show up. Come on. So there's a lot of guys that want to register online. And there's a lot of guys that just want to show up at the door. Either one's fine. Just show up. Amen. That's the key. Just show up. When you show up and you say to God, God, I'm going to show up. Because I heard you, God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes. Guys, how many of you would like to see our community changed? Yeah, come on. How many of you would like to see your families changed? Yep. Oh, man, I don't want to touch that one. My, my wife would get upset if I said something like that. Sorry, guys. Your wives are longing for on, you yes. to step out yes. and take the manhood of your home. Right? Ladies, Catherine, you're a commission woman. Because you're married to a commissioned guy. How did that change your family? It changed it immensely, did it not? Amen. Amen. Guys, if you don't do it for you, do it for your family. Yeah. Come on. But you know what's going to happen when you do it? You're going to get changed too. Jerry's a commissioned man. Jerry, welcome this morning. Bob's commissioned right here. Or Dave. Sorry, Dave. Dave's commissioned. I'm looking around the room here. And I think me. We need more, guys. We need more. So Paul's coming in. Paul Cole's coming in. Uh, Thursday night, I get to spend the day with him. Yeah, that'll be good. 
Uh, we got a lot of guys coming up. Phoenix, I actually went and met with the other pastor, Frank, who's speaking. Met with him uh, two days ago. Neat man. Look forward to a good word. Has he got a word? Oh, man. I don't even to tell pastor what it is. Has he got a word? But it's got a little bit to do with courage. Come on. So, unless he changes it between now and then. So I know i got to get going. My wife's going, come on. Be here, guys. If you want to register, it's CMN, Christian Men's Network, cmn.men. They made it really easy. Only six letters to remember. That's good. And a dot. Okay? 39 bucks. We have food coming Saturday afternoon. We're going to get a little bit of breakfast stuff here, too, just really light breakfast stuff. We're not going to serve breakfast this time, so probably coffee, some juices, and maybe some donut holes or something. <laughs> but uh, we have footlong Polish and veal hot dogs coming. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be men and eat barbecue stuff. <laughs> Praise God. So that's what we're looking forward to. And if we run out of that, then we'll get pizza from you know where. <laughs> Come so on. Elevated. It's lifted up pizza. So anyway, praise God. Guys, sign up. Get your community signed up, okay? Just show up. Just show up, guys, and I promise. Here's the guarantee I'll give you. You ready? If your life isn't changed between Friday and Saturday, I'll guarantee you you can have your old life back. <laughs> Not much of a trade there, is it? <laughs> I, you know, I, it's a win-win for me, guys. So anyway, be blessed. Everybody say hi to John. John, I'm sorry. I don't want to embarrass you. John's another neat brother over there. Mr. Will invited him as far as I know. Oh, love you. Guys, listen, if you don't go out and invite people to church, invite people to church. Come there on. you go. Come on. I don't want to preach. I better preach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So and yeah, when you walked up with your iPad, I'm thinking, my goodness, what's this boy doing? Well, I got a few scriptures. I thought you might. <laughs> Come on, let's give him one more hand clap of praise, would you? I'm going to have uh, this talked about just for just for a few minutes next week. I'm going to have Mr. David get up here and talk about uh, what's coming up here towards the end of August, and that is our annual Bible Marathon. Come on. It, I, I don't know if... Huh? I need to announce our meeting afterwards. Oh, yes. Fellowship Hall right after church, 15 minutes with Dan Hute, okay? So uh, make sure, don't take off, guys. Run over there. Ladies, make sure your guys stay here, okay? This is an incredible meeting coming up. Uh, our, our Bible Marathon, I don't know if you've been following the guys on Facebook, uh, but every day we've been uh, reading the Word of God over Flagstaff. And we have... We have four different guys that are in our church that are doing that, and it's just, it is incredible what God is doing. Now, we might sit back and say, well, I, I, you know, what is God doing? God is taking authority over the principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness that has had control of Flagstaff in this mountain for years. And when people rise up, God says, he watches over his word to perform it. He watches over it. You know, I, I, am, I am honored with the greatest privilege known to mankind. I get to bring God's word to you every Sunday. These guys are honored with the greatest privilege. They get to speak God's word out every day. You have the same privilege. You can join them, or you can walk around your house and speak out God's Word. You say, well, Pastor, what's the difference? Well, one, you're covering thousands, if not tens of thousands, because everywhere that Word goes, every hear that 
ear that hears it is being transformed by it. In your house, your house is being transformed. So it's just a matter of bringing forth God's Word. Why? He is the God that is always there. But I want to make a statement to me, and please listen to this, because I've had some people lift their eyebrows over the years until they come to understand that it's, it's a valid truth. Even though God is everywhere, God is not moving everywhere. God only moves in response to his people. We well, say, Pastor, how? Can you prove that? Yeah, if, 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 if it wasn't that, everybody on earth would already be saved. But God moves in accordance to you and I moving. He put his word out there. Said, what are we going to do with it? And so when we step out, God steps in. Can somebody say amen? amen. So uh, I just want to quickly uh, do this morning what I want you want to do. I, I want you, hopefully you wrote down those two scriptures, Isaiah 54, 17 and uh, Romans 8, 31, that you wrote those down. Those are two scriptures that God gave me today for the body. And then he's given me an incredible message that we need not forget, and that is God is always there. He is always there. He's only a prayer away. He's only, you know, uh, I, I preached uh, earlier this year, he is only a whisper away. We've looked at so many aspects of, uh, of growing closer to God during this series and trying to say, God, how can we spend more time with you? And, and many of us have been given Oh, reluctantly and probably not de of desire, we've been given extra time at home, extra time away from uh, this, that, or the other thing that we could have spent time in God's Word. My wife and I were talking to somebody the other day that said, you know, they've kind of given everybody a, a hiatus on, on, uh, on uh, uh, paying their student loans and stuff like that. And instead of putting that money away or investing that money or doing it, just been spending it. See, we got to get our heads wrapped around these things. That even though it seems like the enemy is doing things, how many know someplace in my Bible, it might be in yours, you know that Roman 8, 28 scripture? He works all things together for the good. What the enemy means for bad, God will use for We read that in the life of, life of Joseph. His brothers sold him off into slavery. His brothers left him for dead. His brothers left him, and God rose him up to the second highest power in the world at the time. And his words to his brothers, you know, if you didn't do this, we might all be dead right now. But God in his sovereignty, God is in his omniscience, and is all-knowing. See, God knows the end before he does the beginning. We're going to look at scriptures today that maybe you haven't read. Did you know God knew you before you were ever born? Oh, no, you were not a spirit child out there like some religions teach. Okay? But God knew you. Matter of fact, God said he wove you together in your mother's womb. Man, how much more can God love us that he was intricately involved in your creation? In your mother's womb, he was weaving you together. Look at somebody and say, man, he made a good looking guy. <laughs> Honey, you were supposed to shout amen. Okay, shoot. <laughs> Nothing. All these aspects of what the enemy meant for bad that God has chosen to use for good. You see, his desire is towards you and me. His desire is towards you and me, those who love him. That's why he says in, in Romans 8, he said, I work it all together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. On the screen, one of the greatest 
comforts that I have found in my relationship with God is knowing that the one I love is so committed to me that he's always there. Now, there's times where I wonder, God, where are you? Anybody besides me? And can I tell you, he didn't move anyplace. He didn't go anywhere. There, there was, uh, I, I've shared the story, uh, it's been a long, long time ago, but it's a wonderful little story about Olga and Ollie. Olga and Ollie are driving down the road. Olga's behind the, the wheel, or Ollie's behind the wheel, and Olga's sitting over the other side of the pickup truck. And it's back in the day when they had bench seats. Anybody remember how you, you had bench seats in the cars? And I don't think you can make a bench seat in a car anymore, but I don't know. But Ollie's there driving around, and Olga's over there kind of crunched up against the door. And she's got this forlorn look on her face and this melancholy attitude. And all of a sudden, she speaks up and says, Ollie, you don't love me like you used to. And Ollie said, yeah, I do. So Olga said, no, you don't. We don't sit together anymore. <laughs> and oh, Ollie grabbed the steering wheel, white knuckle, and said, I ain't moved. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Because I'm like you, there's times I wonder God. But because I've done this for a long, long time, and I've known that feeling for a long, long time, you know the first thing I check? Did I move? Because God hasn't moved. If I don't feel as close to God as I used to feel, God didn't go anyplace. If I am trying to build a relationship with God to be more intimate and I don't feel like it, the first thing I have to ask myself, did something distract me? Do I have my eyes somewhere else? Is my walk walking somewhere else? Am I making sense? What I'm about to share with you this morning is he's the God that's always there. He is never moving anywhere. I, I mentioned just a moment ago, and I I'm not going to take time to, to read the entire passage because it's a whole other sermon, but in Galatians chapter 4, and it's on the screen, look what it says. So now that you know God, or should I say that God knows you? Now, before I inject this here and, and, and expound upon that, God knew you before you were ever born. That's what the Scripture teaches us. Bible says while you were still lost in your sin, Jesus died. He didn't wait for you and I. How many here get cleaned up to take a bath? You just jump in, don't you? Well, that's all God wants you to do. He just wants you to jump in. He said, you say you know God, or should I say that God knows you? Why do you want to go back? Why do you want to go back and become slaves once again to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? This world? What's he talking about? When we start feeling like we're away from God or, or that somehow or another we're not pleasing God, you know the first thing we want to do is try to do more works, do more activities. That's not what God wants. God just wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Always make him first in everything, every way, everywhere. He said, don't turn back. And now what, he, what Paul's actually, as you read the entire passage of, Gen of Galatians chapter 4, he's saying, you Gentiles who don't even know anything about Judaic law and Judaic ceremonialism and ritualism, he said, why are you listening to the Judaizers who are trying to bind you back up under that law that was fulfilled in Christ? In Christ, you have been justified. In Christ, the law is fulfilled. It's not done away with, 
But when you're in Christ, you are no longer bound by the ceremonialism. I cannot tell you how many Christian churches, some that I am personal friends with, some pastors, that all of a sudden they're wearing the little uh, skull cap and they're doing the ceremonialism. They're doing all the stuff, which don't get me wrong, in and of itself, it's wonderful. But not when you think it's part of your salvation experience. And a lot of churches are starting to sway back. And that's what Paul's talking about here in Galatians. It's on the screen because I want you to see this. Look at this. God loves his children literally no matter what. Look at somebody and say, man, that's good for me. No matter what. Yet it's amazing that how many don't really trust him. Now, what do I mean by that? We trust him as long as it doesn't cost us. We trust him as long as I don't have to do something. You know, it's a novel idea. Some people think that Christianity is a pastime, not a lifestyle. It's something you do on Sunday, and you do whatever on Monday. I love what Dan said a minute ago. You know, if this, if this changing your life thing doesn't work, you can get your old life back. That's fine. See, God's not going to make anybody go to heaven. But here's the problem. Today we find Jesus has lots of fans. Just not lots of followers. Not lots of disciples. And then it says here in Galatians chapter, you know Galatians, five little chapters. Five little chapters. It'll transform your life if you read them. Five little chapters. Why? Because in that five little chapter book, Paul is writing to this church and said, guys, you have a benefit that most of the rest don't. They were never bound under the ceremonialism and the ritualism and the Judaic uh, 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 structures. You're just a bunch of Gentiles over in Galatia. You're a bunch of Gentiles. Said, so don't listen to those people. But listen to me, the, the ones that want to try to bring you under that stuff. Because Jesus fulfilled that stuff. Everybody is not a child of God. I know we, we, we love the song, you know, uh, you know, we are all God's children. Red, yellow, black, and white, and brown. We're all God's children. Well, the Bible says we're God's children when we have faith in Jesus Christ. If you're not born again, you are not God's child. Once again, I go back to the statement. God is everywhere, but he's not moving everywhere. The Bible says he moves on behalf of his children. Man, it's quiet in here. We are all children through faith. Now, I'm going to take you on a journey for the next few minutes. And I believe this is going to encourage, strengthen, and lift people who are the children of God to know something about God. Even though it doesn't feel like he's there, even though it doesn't seem like things are happening, God's still there, and he's still happening. Let's go to Psalm chapter 63. I put the whole scripture on the screen. I think there's 12 verses, and, but I wanted to read these eight. Look at this. Oh, God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts after you. My whole body longs for you. Does that sound like somebody that's committed? That sounds like a committed life to Christ. I said, he said, goes on here in this weary and parched land where there is no water. Remember, Jesus said, I am the water that if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. What the psalmist is saying there is, he said, I've tried to find quenching in this land, but it isn't here. But in you, God, it is. I've seen you in your sanctuary, gazed upon you, your power, your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Can somebody say amen? Your unfailing love, how I praise you. As long as I live, he says, I'm going to praise you. 
I'm lifting up my hands to you in prayer. As long as I live, I'm going to do this. Look what it says. You satisfy me between the richest feast. Folks, I've been to some places where they just keep bringing the food until you tell them to stop. God satisfies you more. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you. You know, when I was a child, and I, I, I might have shared this, when I was a child, before I even knew the Lord, I was in a, you know, I was a, a, a religious man. I, I went to church, you know, I was a C&E guy. I went to church on Christmas and Easter. And I didn't know the Lord in a personal way. But I remember times as a child, I'd lay in the back of my dad's pickup truck, or I'd lay out in the field, and I'd stare out at the stars. And I'd think, man, there's got to be more than just living and dying. There's got to be more to this life. And I would be so enraptured just in that moment. And now as a Christian man, as a pastor, I realized that whole time God was drawing me. God was drawing me. I lie awake at night meditating on you throughout the night because you are my helper. I will sing joy in the shadow of your wings. I'll cling to you. And I've taught on this many, many, many times. Your right hand. Strong right hand holds me secure. Olga might scoot away from Ollie. You might scoot away from God. But God said, just draw close to me. I'll draw close to you. You see what God will do that Ollie wouldn't do because Ollie had a little bit of that pride going on over there. I ain't never moved. When you start moving back to God, God will just scoot over to you. He said, well, who's going to take hold of the wheel? Uh, Jesus is the wheel, folks. Come on. Somebody say amen. See, this is the picture of the one who knows God and that he knows that God will not give in, give up, or give out. But if you will, God will jump in, lift you up, and he'll help you stand out. Can somebody get excited? Just for a moment this morning, God is always there. But there's two things that we have to grab a hold of. We have to know this by faith and live this through faith. Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. That's Hebrews 11.6. Without faith it's impossible to please God. But those that come to him, those that draw to him, must believe first that he is. Ladies and gentlemen, grab a hold of this underlying current in this entire message. God is always there. God is always there. Say that with me. God is always there. Even when I don't feel like it, God is always there. Even when things aren't going right, God is always... Come on, you're going to get it. Even when it doesn't go in my favor... God is always there. Even when I don't like it, God is always there. He's always there. He hasn't gone, nor will he go. But by faith and through faith, we have to understand first by faith that he is. And through... I, I love first, or 2 Timothy 2.13. It's not on your screen, but... Look, 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 look what the Bible says in, in 2, Corinthians, or 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, look at somebody and say, I've been there. I've been Olga. I've been faithless. Thanking God, hey, I don't know what's going on here. But the scripture goes on to say, now, now faithless, understand, Faithless is going through those moments of saying, God, what's happening? It's not talking about rejecting God. We're not turning our back on God and leaving God. See, Olga, even though she scooted over, she didn't leave Ollie. She didn't reject Ollie. She was just feeling a little down, a little bummed out. 
Maybe that's you, uh, you know, out, out there on the airwaves, and you're, you're kind of feeling down and bummed out and frustrated and aggravated and other, every other aided you can get. Just God didn't go anywhere. He's right there. He's right here in this room. And I'd love to say, as some would believe, well, he's right here next to me. No, my Bible says he's in you. He says, even if you're faithless, I remain faithful. I remain faithful because I cannot deny myself. Let me take you on a quick trip through the Psalms. And I'm going to do this relatively quick. And I want you to see something about this relationship with God. Where God desires to be close to you. Psalm 23. Heather read it or quoted it at the end of the the song in the eye of the storm. You know what it says? It says, he restores my soul. God wants to rebuild what the world and the enemy and possibly even you. We want to blame the enemy for everything, folks. Ain't happening. We want to blame the world for everything. Ain't happening. You have to look at the person in your reflection. Most of the time, folks, when things are moved, nobody did it but us. He wants to restore my soul. He wants to restore that part of me that understands he is the reason for everything. He leads me. He leads me. Yeah, I kind of picture sometimes he's leading me like, I don't know if I want to go, God. He's leading me. No, that's not what he's doing. He's just up there. Come on, follow me. And what's he doing? He's, he's kicking the rocks out of the way. Oh, there might be a big one that he'll leave there and said, okay, now remember, It isn't me not protecting you, and it isn't the devil tripping you. It's you not paying attention. There's a rock there. Okay? There's a rock. Okay, God, I got... I told you there was a rock. Oh, God, you don't love me. I never moved. Y'all going to remember Olga and Ollie, aren't you? Think about it. He leads me. But look, look at this. In paths of righteousness. What's that mean? In right relationship with him. He's going to keep you on the right path. Why? Because it's about him. He said, if you get faithless, I'm still faithful because I cannot deny myself. He said, I'm going to do it for my name's sake. I sent my son. He paid the ultimate price. How many think God's got a lot at stake? Look at this. Yea, though I walk through. You're going to walk through that valley. Ain't going to happen any other way. You're going to walk through that valley, and the shadow of death is going to be just over top, trying to get you down and out. When God says all you have to do is look up and over. I don't have to fear that evil. Why? You're with me. You know, and I love this, and I taught on this in our Wednesday nights here a few weeks ago. I I love this. He didn't say, my rod and my staff. You know, my little stick and and my little club. No, God said, you are with me, and your rod and your staff comfort me. How many think God's rod and staff is a little bigger? Anybody think the devil can be bigger than that? So look at this. He is my salvation, my guide, my companion, my comfort, my strength. And if that is the God I serve, what am I afraid of? What do I have to be afraid of? You are with me. Psalm 62, he is my rock, 
my salvation, my fortress. And because of that, I will not be shaken. Now, let me, let me break down. Do you know the word salvation? We throw it around. It's, oh, yeah, I'm saved. I'm saved. You know, Pastor Ray last week talked about salvation. Do you understand what salvation really entails? It talks about deliverance. Remember that, 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 that weapon that is formed against me? He said, I'm going to deliver you. It will not prosper. Salvation means to rescue. It means to bring to safety. It means your well-being, your welfare, listen to me, and your prosperity. Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I shall not be afraid. The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So I don't have to tremble. The evil tried to devour me, but God said, I'm going to take care of you. He is the God that is always there. Can somebody say amen? amen? Look at this next thing. It says, he is my encouragement and my hope. These are all traits of God's good will towards those that love him. Look at Psalm 46. God is our safe place and our strength. He is always our help in the time of trouble. So I don't have to be afraid. Do you see a little underlying picture there? He's always there. He's always there. He said, even if the mountains are shaken and fall into the sea, even if the waters go wild and the storms... God is still there. I don't know if this is encouraging you as much as it encouraged me when I was putting it together. But I tell you what, during this perplexing time and during these situations that are happening around the world right now, later, later for the, the, the junk that all of us are kind of, well, how do I do this? How do I do that? God says, yeah, I'm still there. Look what it says. He's the place of refuge in the time of trouble. He is always in our midst regardless of the situation. Always. The 91st Psalm, many have come to love that Psalm that have never even read that Psalm before. But man, they're grabbing a hold of it now. It's a great Psalm. It's got all kinds of perplexity in it too. But it says that God is always there. Look what it says. He that dwells under the shelter of the or the shadow of the most high shall abide or shelter of the most high will find rest under the shadow of the almighty. This I will declare about the Lord. Will you guys read that with me starting where it italicizes? Will you read it with me out loud? This I declare about the Lord. Okay, now you got your throats cleared. Say it like you really mean it. This I declare about the Lord. Come on. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I will trust him. We read through it. Oh, this is a wonderful psalm. This is, oh, this is awesome. We like Ollie, Olga over there. And God said, I ain't never moved. Why are you feeling that way? Why are you acting that way? Just scoot your little old bad self back over here by me. I know it's good preaching. I was, I'm a liking this. Look what it says as you go down in the passage in Psalm 91. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, you see that great big word, if? Are you making him your refuge? Are you making him your shelter? 
He hasn't gone anywhere. He's always right there. Look what it says here. If you do that, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come nigh you. Because he'll put his angels a protection about you wherever you go. They'll hold you up in your hands, in their hands. Even your foot won't dash against the stone. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust. And that beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Look, look what it says in the 121st Psalm. He never sleeps. You might have sleepless nights. God just asks you why. Why don't you go to sleep? I'm going to stay awake all night anyway. I'm up. Boy, but you don't understand what's on your mind. You know what the Bible says in, in Psalm, excuse me, Isaiah 26? He said he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He always watches over us to keep us safe, secure, protected, in provision and promise. The 139th Psalm. See, I told you I was going to take you on a little journey through Psalms. So many of these, uh, you know, just, I can't write them down. Let, let, me, let, me, let me give you a picture. How many would like to read the book of Psalms every month? Many people read the book of Proverbs every month. You read one proverb, every month you read the book of Proverbs. Do you know you can read the book of Psalms every month? Not much difference. All you can do is read five chapters every month or every day. Well, pastor, that's a lot. Folks, some of the chapters got one verse. Some of them got two or three verses. Now, I know when you get to the 119th chapter, it might be a little tough. Okay? But the reality is you read five psalms a day. Can I tell you? Yeah, Proverbs will get you a, to become a wise man and woman. Incredible. But the psalms will have to understand he's always there. He is always there. The 139th psalm. Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. <laughs> Look at me, please. Look at me out there, please. What are you trying to hide? He already knows. I, I, remember, I remember a little girl, a little girl. Listen, this is so funny. A little girl was talking to her mama one day, and her mama told her, you know, God always knows. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're bad. He knows when you're good. He sounds like Santa Claus, doesn't it? Yeah, no. He knows when Santa Claus is bad. Okay? That's, what are we doing, Katie? Honey, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. So mama was trying to help, and the little girl got this horror of hand that God always is watching. And the little girl got this horrified look on her face. Mommy? Even in the potty? Yeah. Even in the potty. Folks, he already knows. He said, you've examined me, and you know everything about me, the 139th Psalm. You know when I sit down. You know when I stand up. You know my thoughts. You know me when I'm far away. You see me when I travel. You see me when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to do and say before I even do it or say it. Folks, just come clean. Say, God, yes, I'm a jerk. Help me. Now, I'm not sure if everybody applauding is agreeing that they are. I'm not sure. But, you know, God already knows. Am I making any sense? You go before me. And you also follow me. You see that rock you tripped over a little while ago? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. God's hand went out immediately to catch you. 
You know what I'm doing? You go before me, you follow me, you place your hand of blessing upon my head. The, the psalmist is saying, man, th th this knowledge is so wonderful for me. God, that I know that you're always there with me. You see, the bottom line, folks, is he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows everything about us, but here's the key. He wants us to get to know him the same way. He wants us to know. You say, well, Pastor, I want to, but how do I? You've got to get into his word. You know, going to church once a week, I love it when you're here. I love it when you're online. I, but can I tell you something? Going to church once a week will keep you weak. It's a daily relationship. Why don't you try eating once a week? That would take care of this part. But it'll also make you weak. Let, 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 me, let me begin to wrap this up. The God that is always there is also the God that never changes. Hebrews 3 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The scripture says every good and perfect gift comes down from God. James chapter 1 verse 17. He doesn't change he doesn't turn he does there, there's nothing different about god today than it has been since since forever and nothing will ever change once again with ollie and olga who moved now i, I put this on the screen because i want you to see it change is always man's greatest blessing and change is always man's greatest challenge. Why? Because we're the ones that are changing. We're always changing. How many used to like something and you don't like it anymore? How many didn't used to like something and now you like it? I tell you what, when I met my wife, I ate two vegetables. Corn and green beans. And I disliked every other vegetable. How did I know I disliked them? I never tried them. But this chick has me eating all kinds of vegetables. Well, maybe not all kinds. I mean, I eat, I eat broccoli, and I eat aborted cabbage, and I eat... Uh... Okra. No, I don't like okra. <laughs> I should be. Okra and, okra and collard greens and stuff like that. Because I'm a country boy. I should be liking those things. Eh, too slimy for me. You know? I don't. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I won't go there. But sometimes you like something, and then man's always changing, but God never changes. Let me tell you about change. Change is good when we are growing mentally, physically, spiritually. But it's not good. When you're changing without God. Why? Because the change you're doing is life to death. Here's, here's what we're told to do. We are told to stand firm. Which literally means to stand secure in Christ. Hold fast to that confidence we have. We are told to be established. That word established means to be founded. Okay? To be established is what we do when we, by faith, walk through this life. We are founded. We are told to be immovable or steadfast is the other word. Like, like a tree planted by the river of water. That tree ain't going anyplace. It, the wind may come, the storms may come, but that tree is going to stand firm. I, I was uh, preaching in Western Australia uh, I preached over there several times, but uh, the first time I saw this, the, 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 uh, the church I was preaching for uh, said, Pastor, you've got to come see this. 
because I was preaching on this passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians where it tells us to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of God. And they took me on this, this, uh, this uh, beach uh, on the, the Indian Ocean, which is where Australia sets on the Indian Ocean, and all of these huge trees were bent completely over solid in the ground, but completely because the winds are ravage that coast all the time. And these trees from a very young sapling was beat over, but they were immovable. Can I tell you something? You may feel like you are beat over, but God's calling you to remain immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always. And you know the last thing that God tells us, and I didn't want to add this in there because everybody hates that word circumspect. Because I've talked about it so much. But you know what God's called us to be? Circumspect. He called us to use our time wisely. Circumspect simply means to be wise and not a fool. Because the days are evil. God placed... In you and me, long before creation, a purposefulness and an essence called choice. It was the very first expression of God's love as the worship team comes. The very first expression of God's love. He says, I'm going to create everything and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to let you choose whether you're going to give it back to me. You know, God created everything and gave it to us. But then he said, if you love me, you'll honor me in it. You'll honor me in it. See, choice is one of those interesting things. Another word for choice is freedom. I preached on, on Independence Day. I, I, I asked you the question, are you free or are you independent? God never gave you the ability to be independent. Sin gave you that ability. God gave you the ability to be free. And in freedom makes you realize you are interdependent. You can't do it without Him. You can't do it without Him. Let me break down this freedom of choice, which we basically could call the freedom of love. And the freedom of love means you have a choice to or not to love. When you have this freedom that God placed in you called choice, it means you have the freedom to or not to follow. It literally means, see, God's always there. But he said, I don't want you to be a robot. God didn't create anything without a will. The angels he created with a will. That's why the angels were able to fall away. He created Lucifer with a will. That's why Lucifer could fall away. That's why he could reject the freedom when you have freedom, you have the ability to or not to love. You have the ability to or not to follow. Simply because you have the freedom of choice, which gives you the ability to or not to obey. And God said, if you'll just obey me, I'll give you everything. Because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not changing what God is saying is ultimately, you have to choose to love me. Not me, pastor, but me, God. You've got to choose to love God. You've got to choose to love Jesus. And can I tell you something? When you choose to love him, you will take second place. Jeremiah. And it's on the screen, the very last scripture that I'm going to talk about. 
You know, I, I would encourage you to go home and read Luke 15. It's the story of the prodigal son. Because this whole concept of, 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 cho- of the, the essence called choice, that freedom, is found in that passage. And you know what happened? The prodigal's father never moved. He always held on the wheel. And the son, like Olga, moved away. And we want to blame God for everything that's going on. Well, God, if you loved me, says, what's this got to do with love? I showed you that 2,000 years ago. I haven't changed. Jesus, take the wheel. Well, give me the stinking wheel and I might. He didn't move. You see, ladies and gentlemen, if we want to grow close to God like God wants us to, if we want to have that relationship that knows He's always there, it's not His choice, it's ours. The prodigal father never left his position, never went after the boy. But he always knew where he was. Scripture says, I always know where you're at. Said you're running around over here. He said, if you wind up in hell, I'm going to know you're there. Could you imagine that? God loves us so much, but he even knows that we paid the ultimate price for rejecting his love. But look at the prodigal's father. When he saw him repent, and he was still a long ways off, Daddy went running. Daddy went running to grab the boy. God is always there. Jeremiah 9, 24. Let me read it to you out of the, out of the New Living Translation. Those who wish to boast, they think they got their life together. Oh, yeah, it's not anything, but hey, I got it. He said, when, when you want to boast, boast in this alone, that you truly know me and understand that I am the Lord that demonstrates unfailing love. Who is going to bring justice and righteousness on earth? God wants us to grow closer to Him. In time, wants us to live closer to Him. In times like these, He wants you to let go and let God. God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Those that are watching on the internet, God, and those that are in the house. God, I don't know if they're like me, but I I needed to hear today that you're still there and that you're always there. You never leave, you never forsake. And God, I'm going to boast in this one thing. Your unfailing love is better than life. Thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Lord, that I can wrap myself in your word. And your word will wrap in me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you're struggling for whatever reason, just scoot back over and get close to Him again. It's real simple to do. You open His Word and you start out by saying, Father, forgive me. I let something else get between us.
It might have been fear. It might have been anger. It might have been frustration. It might have been resentment. It might have been loneliness. It can be all kinds of things that you allow. Listen to me. The devil didn't do it. All he can do is he just puts it out there. Right here. You had to choose it. You had to choose to or not to. Love, follow, obey. Well, I choose love. I choose to follow. I choose to obey. Because you know when I do that, nothing can get between me and God. And that's where I want to live my life. What about you? What about you? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.